Thank you for subscribing to the weekly sermons of Crossfire YC. We are the Youth Church of Crossfire World Outreach Ministries located in Springfield, Oregon. This podcast is updated weekly. Hey guys, what's up? In case you're wondering, no, I'm not Pastor G, all right? I, I know, shocker, right? Right? On, on Monday night, Pastor G and Elisha had, had Jordan Andrew Ely, seven pounds, six in, seven pounds, six ounces, 21 inches long. Beautiful baby boy. Jake sent me a picture because he's such a proud uncle. And I don't have one to share with you guys. So, so G is at the hospital with Elisha. And um, he asked if I would preach tonight. So I'm going to take the message. So who brought their Bible? Sweet. Right on. All right. Uh, how, about, how about something to take notes with? No? Not quite as many. All right. Getting better, though. You guys are doing a lot better. All right. So I'm going to need everybody to stand up. And repeat after me. I'm just kidding. Sit back down. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Sit down. Sit down. Shh. All right. So those of you that have Bibles, you can open them up to Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. And those of you who do not, it'll be up on the screen. All right, and I'm just going to read this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God, I just come before you tonight, and I thank you so much for everything that you've done so far, God. I thank you so much for everything that you've done in in worship and in offering and in asking questions about last week, God. And I just pray that you would continue to move in our hearts, that you would continue to move in our lives, God. God, that through your word tonight, you would reveal yourself more to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Right? So how many guys have ever heard that scripture before? Just a quick show of hands. All right, a few guys. It's a really popular one. We hear it a lot, right? Rejoice in the Lord always, right? It's, it's, it's a happy scripture, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, right? Don't be anxious about anything. Let the, let the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, right? Is, is the pursuit of happiness, right? We, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? And, that, and, and, and we hear all about, right, the American dream, right? House with a white picket fence, two cars, 2.5 children. I don't know who wants a half a child, but, you know, that, that, that is the American dream, right? And so, um, 
I, I kind of wanted to, to get a feel for um, this word joy and, and the way that people respond to it. And so um, earlier today, uh, Ariel went, and I went down on campus with a video camera and we went around um, asking people this question, what gives you joy, right? And, you're, and right now you're probably thinking to yourself, well, why is he telling us about it? Why isn't he just showing us? And um, due to technical difficulties... <laughs> Repeated technical difficulties, that video um, never made it to a form where we could play it for you. So I'm just going to talk about it. We had a lot of fun, ran around talking to random strangers, and uh, we, uh, you know, people gave all sorts of different responses, right? And there was one guy who was like, oh man, joy for me, it's like I'm riding my longboard down a big hill, and I just look down at the street, and that's all I can see is the street just coming at me. Man, that's, that's, so, that's like joy. Anyway, I'm late for class. I got to go, right? Because <laughs> we were down on campus, and, um, you know, there was this one, one girl. Uh, this was probably one of my favorite responses. She was like, uh, what gives me joy? This is going to sound really weird, but reading Nietzsche, because um, he's really depressing, but for some reason, it brings me joy. All righty then. You have fun with that. He was, uh, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, there were, um, you know, I was actually surprised at how many people, while we were down on campus, they said, you know, what, we asked the question, what brings you joy? And, and there were people that said, well, my faith brings me joy. And there were, you know, there was, a, there was a guy standing on street corner. We figured we knew what his answer was going to be. We just had to ask. He's holding a big old heart-shaped sign that says, Jesus loves you. And we, we, we just walked, we, would you answer a question for us? What, what brings you joy? And he went, Jesus brings me joy. <laughs> and we kind of waited, you know, maybe he's going to say more. And, you know, he, he just left it at that. We we're like, okay, that's, that's good. That's a good, that's a good answer, Right. And that's what this verse tells us to do, is to rejoice in the Lord. And we get, in our life, we, we in, in, our, in our life, in our pursuit for happiness, in our search for joy, we run around, we go to all these different places, and we turn to all these different things, right? And we think that if we just have that, that car, then we'll be happy. If we just have that latest piece of technology, I mean, who in here has been, like, dying to have an iPad, Right? I, I, you know, I want one. I'm not going to lie. I, I would be so cool to have an iPad, right? You know, and, and so, you know, we, we look to all these different things. And once I get that, I'll be happy, right? Once, once I have that girlfriend, I'll be happy. Oh, snap. Girls, once I have that boyfriend, I'll be happy. Ooh. Right? And so we go around and we look to all these different things, searching for what will make us happy, right? So I'm reading this, right? And he's telling, um, he's telling them to rejoice in the Lord always, right? And so it kind of, to, to get a real feel for what is being said in this letter, you really need to know who's writing it, what their circumstances are. You need to know who's written to and what their circumstances are, right? So this book is called The Philippians because it was written to the church in Philippi by Paul, right? So Philippi was a city not a whole lot unlike the cities that we live in, Eugene and Springfield, right? It was, it was very, 
very wealthy as far as most cities go, right? Um, Philippi was surrounded by gold mines. And that's where it got its start was because people were going there looking for gold, right? And Philippi was a, a colony of Rome. And Rome was the most prominent nation in the world, a lot like the United States, the most prominent nation in the world today. So the Philippians are not too much unlike ourselves in their situation considering where they are and the circumstances which they found themselves, right? And another thing about Philippi is Paul was the one who started the church in Philippi, and he's the one that's writing this letter, right? And the reason that he went to Philippi, which was located in the region of Macedonia, was because um, when he was about to go somewhere else, he got a vision from God of a Macedonian man asking him to come and share the gospel with his people, right? So the Philippians got everything going for them, right? They're wealthy. They're part of a powerful, powerful nation, right? Most of the citizens of Philippi are citizens of Rome, right? A lot of very um, retired military live there, so they're safe, right? And, and the church in Philippi, Paul came to them because God said specifically for Paul to go to Macedonia. God said specifically for Paul to go to the Philippians. So they've got everything going for them, right? But the circumstances in which this letter were written are not what we would expect knowing that history. See, because... Philippi was a colony of Rome because there was so much Roman influence in, this, in the city of Philippi. There was a lot of persecution for the church because what Rome said was that Caesar is God. And if you worship Caesar, then we're cool. You can worship whoever you want, but as long as you bow down and worship Caesar and pay your taxes, we're good. And the Christians were saying, no, there's only one God. There's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus And so when the Christians in Philippi, surrounded by so many Roman citizens, said, there's only one way, there's only Jesus, I will not worship Caesar, I will only worship God, they came under persecution from the citizens of Philippi because they didn't want trouble. The citizens of Philippi didn't want trouble from the Roman government. Most of them were Roman citizens, and they didn't see any problem. Why can't you just bow down and worship Caesar? Why can't I, why, why you got to cause all these problems, right? And so the Philippian church was under pretty intense persecution. And the crazy part was that the worst was still yet to come. This letter was written about three years before Emperor Nero, the emperor of Rome at the time, blamed the uh, Christians for a fire in Rome and started persecuting them uh, with the means of the government, Right? Where do you think Paul was when he was writing this? No guesses? Okay, I gotta say something, right? Pastor G and Pastor Danny always say this, right? They're like, you gotta talk back at me. I'm gonna do terrible if you don't talk back to me, right? If I say something good, I need you to say amen. Let me know I'm doing a good job, right? If that's true for Pastor G and Pastor Danny, who preach all the time, I need your help a lot here, guys, right? So, so if I say something good, you say, right on, or, thank you, Jet. Jet said I was attractive. It's a little weird, but I'll take it, because I think it's true. 
Um, yeah, thank you, Kevin. Paul, Paul was in prison. He was in prison in Rome when he wrote, wrote this letter to the, Philipp, Philipp, to the Philippians, right? So he's writing this from prison to people who are being persecuted. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. How much sense does that make? Right? Like if you're having a bad day, right? If you're just having the worst day in the world, somebody, hey, how's it going? Rejoice. You're like, knock that off. I don't want to just get out of my face. I'm, I'm grouchy. I'm angry. Life is terrible. Right? And, and in the American church where we're so focused on this pursuit of happiness and, and we want to love Jesus and serve Jesus, but we want the American dream as well. And, and sometimes we turn to Jesus as a way to give us what we want. We turn to Jesus as a way to give us that house or give us that family, give us that car, give us that job. Right? And so we read verses like rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And, and let the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and minds. Don't be anxious about anything. We read these, we read these statements in Scripture, and we, and we go, see, being a Christian means you always have it good. Being a Christian means everything is always easy. It's just smooth sailing from here on out. But the fact of the matter is, is that life with Jesus, life as a Christian, is not all lollipop skipping, holding hands, and eating fresh-baked cookies. I know, if only, right? There's nothing I would love more than to skip around all day eating cookies. Um, right? And so, so what, happens, what happens is, is we read these verses and we see these things where we, 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 on the surface, it seems to be saying, don't worry, be happy. Right? Right? We, we take those things and we use them to make a false gospel where we don't take our lives and what we've been raised to believe and raised to think and what our culture tells us. We don't take that and conform it to what Jesus says and what Jesus did and the way that Jesus lived. But we take those things, we take what scripture says and we conform it to make it fit our culture. We squeeze it into the mold of this world rather than squeezing our own lives into Christ's mold. And being changed. Right? And, and the problem with this is that it tells people that if you go to Jesus, all your troubles will disappear. And that's simply not true. So what happens is people hear that if I turn to Jesus, everything will be good. And so they turn to Jesus and things are going good and things are going great. And then something bad happens. And then what? Wait a second. Everything was supposed to be good. Everything was supposed to be perfect. Everything was supposed to be nice and easy because I said yes to Jesus. But we have people that are believing a lie. And things aren't always going to be easy. See, we read the Bible, read Genesis chapter 1. And God made it and said that it was good. And we kind of stop there. Right? We forget that in, in chapters 2 and 3... Right? Man messed up and people messed up and sin came into the world. 
And because of sin, they're suffering. And it's something that we can't avoid. Right? Earlier in this book, in in Philippians chapter 1, verse 29 and 30, it says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw that I had, and now hear that I still have. Right? So Paul's saying to the Philippians, it's been granted to you to suffer for Christ. Here's this present, we call it suffering. How many of you guys want to take that one back, right? You know, like Christmas presents, right? Your grandma gets you that, that shirt, right? And she doesn't realize that you're done growing. So it's like, did you get a receipt for this? Can I... I need, you know, right? Who wants, who wants to take that gift and, yes, thank you, Jesus, I get to suffer. Hooray! See, the fact of the matter is that we spend most of our life trying to avoid suffering, right? We avoid people who annoy us, right? We avoid people we don't agree with, Right? We don't, we don't read the magazines that don't say what we like. We don't watch the TV shows that we don't agree with, right? We spend most of our life avoiding suffering, but here Paul's saying that suffering for Christ is a gift. Paul's saying that if you stand up for God and you proclaim Jesus and you suffer for it, that that is a gift and something to be received with joy and gladness. Right? In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Pure joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you be, may, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Right? So why does James tell us, to consider it pure joy when we're suffering, right? Because it produces something in us. It develops perseverance. It helps us to mature. It helps us to become who God has wanted us to be, right? And God God doesn't want suffering. God didn't create suffering, right? Genesis chapter one, God created everything and it was good. And then man sinned and he brought pain and suffering and death and hardship into this world. But that doesn't mean that God won't use suffering to do a work in you. See, you're hearing me tell you that in life you can't avoid hardship. You can't avoid suffering that no matter what you're going to come up against hard times. Eventually... As much as you try to avoid it, because you are a sinful person, you are surrounded by other sinful people, you are going to suffer at least a little bit. So then you have a choice. You can sit down in the dirt, right? Throw your hands up in the air. I give up. I'm suffering. I don't like this. This is terrible. Woe is me. (laughs) 
right? Or second option, which is a lot easier on my voice, (laughs) is you can go to God and you can say, okay, I'm suffering. God, help me to see what it is in this situation that you're trying to bring about. Right? Because God doesn't cause our suffering, but he works all things together for good for those that love him. God doesn't create suffering, but he uses it to teach us. He uses it to develop things in us and grow things in us. Guys, I'm here to tell you tonight that don't waste your suffering. When you come against hard times and when, when you suffer and there's hardship in your life, don't waste it. Don't just sit down and say you're giving up and throw a big fit. But go to God humbly and say, God, help me to see what you're doing in me through this situation. Help me see what it is that you're doing in my heart through this time. Because God has a purpose for your circumstance. I'm going to ask you guys to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. I, I made the statement that don't waste your suffering. And so maybe some of you tonight are going through a hard time. You know, maybe, maybe there's problems at home or there's problems at school or work or with friends or whatever it is, whatever you're facing. God cares about your hardship. And in the midst of hardship, Paul wrote a letter to the Philippians and he said, rejoice. I'm suffering. You're suffering. Let's see what God is doing in us through this time of suffering and let's rejoice together. Let's, let's offer up prayers and thanksgiving and let God's peace rest on us. If you're in a time of hardship and suffering and hurt, if you're in a time where you're coming up against things that you never, if you'd had the choice, you never would have come up against. I'm here to tell you that there is peace in God. That if you come to God and you, you, you go to God and you say, God, I'm struggling right now. God, I hurt and there's hardship in my life and God, I'm suffering right now. If you go to God and you say those things and you say, God, help me to see what it is that you're trying to do. Help me to see what it is that you're trying to bring about in my life. Help me to see what it is that you're going to do on the other side of this time. And he'll show you. God will reveal to you what it is that he's trying to do in you. And guys, there's so much peace in that. There's so much peace in knowing that your hurt won't be wasted. That your suffering won't be for no good. There's peace and joy. And you can rejoice in God knowing that God is on your side. And no matter what's going on in your life, God will work it together for good. So first thing I want to do is I want to give you the opportunity. If you're facing a hard time right now, if, if you're facing any sort of hardship, and don't, don't look at any hardship that you have. Don't look at anything that's troubling you and say, no, nah, it doesn't matter. It's not that big a deal. It matters to you. 
And you matter to God, so God cares about the things that are troubling you. So I'm going to give you the opportunity right now tonight. If you're facing those hard times, if you're facing hardships in your life, if you're facing those struggles and you don't know what to do and you don't know what God is going to do through it, I just want you guys to raise your hands right now. This hand's going up all over the place. Don't be afraid, guys. Every, every head is bowed, every eye closed. All right, you guys can put your hands down. So maybe tonight you're, you're facing hardship, you're facing struggle. And you came here tonight and you didn't really know what to do. And you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. But, but you've, you've heard what's been said here tonight. And you've heard about in your hardship and in your hard time, God can use your struggles. He can use your pain. And he can give you joy and peace. And if you're here tonight and you haven't accepted Christ into your life and you would like to, I just want to ask that you to raise your hand. Every, eye, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's looking. It's between you and God. All right, amen. I'm going to ask the staff to come up right now. And so tonight, many of you have raised your hands and you've said, yes, I'm suffering, or yes, I want to know who Jesus is and I want to have a relationship with him. And you've made, you've made a step. You've raised your hand. You've said, yes, that's what I want. Now we're going to give you the opportunity to come up and get prayer from these staff members. I want to let you guys know that, that these guys are here for you. We don't, we don't come here and do this for our health. We're here because God has done something incredible in each one of us and we want to see God do incredible things in you. And each one here has had hard times in their lives and each one standing here can pray with you and ask for God's will and God's best in your situation. So if you raise your hand or even if you didn't, I want to give you the opportunity to come up right now and get prayer from these guys.